What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the delicious, smooth Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is a great one-two punch. It gets you delicious coffee, and it also gets you the benefits of CBD because it has that CBD infusion. And of course, CBD helps with aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on with your body. CBD helps relax and relieve those symptoms. And also, it helps with the coffee jitters. So you get the delicious coffee and you also ease the coffee jitters. A great two-one or one-two punch, I should say. And if you subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee, you'll save 20% on every order. But let's say you don't want to subscribe just yet because you want to try out Strava Craft Coffee, which I highly recommend. Use that magical code DNVR20 to get 20% off your first online purchase of Strava Craft Coffee. So try them out at using that magical code DNVR20. And then once you're hooked, make sure to subscribe and save on the delicious, smooth Strava Craft coffee. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Thursday, week three in the NFL season. We have football tonight, and we have Broncos football this weekend with Tom Brady coming in the house. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, guys, got to tell you about MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. And we have a lot of people here at DNVR taking classes at MSU Denver Online, and they say just that. They say they don't force you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. They build these classes around your schedule so that you don't have to stop everything you're doing to go to school. You can live your life and take those classes. And they also say they cater these classes to the real world. Their professors work in the real world, so know exactly what to teach you. So make sure to check them out at msudenver.edu slash online to see all they have to offer, including over 40 online and hybrid programs and 750 classes. So make sure to check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Mace, what's going on? How are you doing as we are floating toward the weekend? Uh, floating toward the weekend. I'm actually looking out the window, seeing some more blue skies. The skies seem to be uh, getting back to normal here in Colorado. It's a pleasant sight to see today. It is. It is. The moon was a little bit on fire last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, some blue skies today, which is great with all of all the fires we've had. Oh, amen. So how are you? I am doing fantastic, Mace. And the Broncos are doing more fantastic today than they were just a couple of days ago because we found out from Vic Fangio that right now, Drew Locke is not going on the injured reserve. And we know how much teams like every single precious roster spot 
And the Broncos are keeping him on the active roster, taking up one of those roster spots, Mace, because there's a chance that he does not miss three games. And, man, this is huge. This is huge. If he, in fact, doesn't miss three games, to me, it's huge. Well, it's not just that there's a chance. It means that they can that they can have him start practicing whenever. So yesterday, obviously he wasn't practicing. I put out that video on Twitter of him standing forlornly while his teammates stretched wearing an orange long sleeve shirt. But he's not wearing a sling. And I think that's a real key aspect of this. When Vic Fangio talked about Drew's injury on Monday, he talked about the bruise and basically how when it's a bruise to the throwing shoulder, you have to give it some time. But a bruise is, I, I, I hate to say it's a positive, but it's better than the alternatives because you're talking about something that doesn't indicate uh, ligament, joint, or structural damage. So in other words... His return is determined not only by how quickly the bruise heals, but also there could be a pain tolerance element here and uh, a discomfort tolerance. And when it reaches a point that he can live with it, he can start trying. So it opens up the window a little bit, but also kind of reveals the nature of the injury and that while it's unfortunate, it's not as bad as certainly as a lot of people feared when it happened. Right, right, exactly. And and that's where the good news comes in is maybe he still misses three weeks, but Mace, this gives me hope that it's not going to be the full five weeks that was expected. Now, Vic also did say yesterday after saying that, he said it very well could be the, the full five weeks. And that would, of course, take him out through the bye week. And I think this is this is what hope of the season relies on and rests on right here. If Drew Locke is back just after missing two weeks, the season's still alive. I think there's hope. You, you do have to beat the Jets, but I think the Broncos can beat the Jets with Blake Bortles, Brett Rippon, uh, Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. I, I think they can do that. Not saying they will, but I think they can. And I don't think it's realistic to think that Drew Locke will be back next week because it's a short week. Right. So I think you're counting Drew out for two games at least. But then you have 10 days off before you play the New England Patriots uh, in October, on October 11th. Maybe that's when Drew can be back. And if Drew is back, I give the Broncos a shot. Now, the Patriots look really good, so again, I'm not ready to say that the Broncos will win that game, but I give the Broncos a shot. And that's a game that if you steal, man, the season could be looking dramatically different if you're able to steal that game. But if you're going into New England against Cam Newton and Bill Belichick, the way they've been looking so far this season with Jeff Driscoll, uh, I don't like your chances. And if you beat the Jets, well, it doesn't really matter. You're going to be one and four after that game. So I think this is huge to be able to get him back potentially for that New England game. Then you'll have Drew back the following week against Miami, which is obviously a must win. And then you play the Chiefs, which is obviously going to be a very tough game no matter who your quarterback is. So, Mace, I think, I think this is absolutely huge news. It's, hu it's huge news. Now it becomes a question of how long Drew Locke takes. I mean, that's, and that's the thing. And you mentioned the, the Patriots game. And certainly with 10 days between the Jets game and the Patriots game, that's something that you're thinking of. But also, I mean, you want him to be able to have the range of motion. You don't want, uh, you don't, uh, want him to be limited. And unfortunately, uh, 
it's a it's a discomfort tolerance thing. But if he doesn't feel like he can push the ball down the field in the same way uh, that he can ordinarily, then this is going to be something uh, where it does end up being on the long end uh, of the five weeks. No matter what, I think you don't want to push him back. You don't want to put him out there before he's ready. That being said, I think Drew Locke, if he had his way, would push to be ready even by the Jets game. So it's going to be that balance of what he can handle, but also making sure that you don't exacerbate this in any way and also don't put him out there when uh, when he's limited in being able to push the ball down the field. This is really going to be a tricky situation. And unfortunately, Zach, if the Broncos lose these next two games here in the next week, of course, because we're sitting here on Thursday, and next Thursday they play the Jets. So – Two games in the next week, if they lose them both, I feel like Drew might try to push himself back a little bit, and the Broncos might have to rein him in. Yeah, yeah. And now Drew should also have some people on his side saying, whoa, Drew, you don't want to play unless you're 100%. We don't want to show off that arm and have people around the league think that it's not very good just because you're playing with a bruised shoulder. So it reminds me, this juggling act that you're talking about, Mace, reminds me of what Gary Kubiak had to do with Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler. Now that was to a, an entirely different d- degree because you're dealing with a Super Bowl team there. Obviously, they didn't know they were a Super Bowl team then, but you're dealing with a potential number one overall seed in the AFC. And of course, you're dealing with Peyton Manning. Now, you, you know, you hope Drew can be somewhat similar to Peyton Manning, but right now he's obviously not. But this is what it kind of reminds me of. You know, Peyton wanted to get back uh, way before he did in that San Diego game. And Gary Kubiak said, nope, we're playing the long game with you. And do the Broncos, will the Broncos feel like they can afford to play the long game with Drew? Uh, or will they feel their season slipping away, whether they're at 0-4, whether they're at 1-3? Heck, maybe Jeff Driscoll pulls off the miracle and goes 2-0 and in this next week, and the Broncos are 2-2. Two and two. That's just that's such a crazy thought that in one week from now, just over one week from now, the Broncos can be 2-2. Two and two, riding a two-game win streak, only losing to the Tennessee Titans, who were in the AFC Championship game last year, by two points where, you know, if you had better game management, you could have beat them too. And then you were, what, a fourth and two away from potentially also beating the Steelers. I mean, just just the narrative that this season could have if you pull off two wins is, is wild. But I think what it all comes down to in my mind, Mace, you have to win one of these next two games. And saying that one of these games is so much easier to win than the other <laughs> game. Uh, Sunday is going to be a tough one, especially with Jeff Driscoll making his first start. But you got to beat the Jets if you want any hope. And then maybe Drew can return against the Patriots. Well, the other thing to consider is this. Um, if they were sure that, Drew Locke would be back soon enough. I doubt they would have signed Blake Bortles. Right. Yeah. And because, and I think they would have said, okay, let's just, you know, if it's going to be two games here, maybe we sign another practice squad type of guy, but uh, let's, let's, we don't have to necessarily spend the money. We can, we can go and get by with Jeff Driscoll and Brett Rippon. Cause the, the bottom line is I, I don't, think Blake Bortles is going to be ready to do all that much by Sunday even though they're expecting to at least have him around the building and starting to learn today asking him to be ready on short notice is probably a stretch so if that and that's kind of what hit me on Blake Bortles is that if 
they really thought that Drew Locke was going to be back in 10 days, would Blake Bortles really be, would be necessary? No, would it be necessary? That, I, no, that's a great so. point. That's a great point because he's not going to be starting for the Broncos this week. And with the short week next week, he's not going to be starting for the Broncos right. the, uh, against the Jets. You know, his best opportunity to start or at least have the Broncos be comfortable, like very comfortable with him being the backup would be against the Patriots. And uh, if you really think Drew Locke's going to be back against the Patriots, well, Jeff Driscoll's your backup. So, Mesa, I think that's a, that's a very, very good point. I'm just looking at it if it does come true. I, man, I, I, I would agree with you where I don't think that he ends up coming back before those three weeks, but maybe he starts practicing. And, hey, to me, I think it's a smart move to not put him on the injured reserve because even if you get one practice out of Drew Locke by not putting him on the injured reserve, I think that's worth it right there for your starting quarterback. Mace, let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers starting quarterback, a guy that has been around for a long, long time. Of course, struggles against the Broncos more than any other team and really struggles <laughs> in Denver. He has a 4-7 and seven career record playing in Denver. How do the Broncos make that 4 and eight they make it four and eight by making him uncomfortable and knocking him off the spot because the one thing that has always diffused tom brady no matter what receiving targets he's had at his disposal no matter what else is going on is being able to get him off the spot and disrupt his rhythm he gets in the rhythm He's still very good, and oh, by the way, he can still complete all those short to intermediate passes, and he's still got touch on the ball. He's had some nice drop-the-dime throws already here in week two. There was, uh, in the first two weeks, there was that throw to Chris Godwin in the Superdome back in week one that immediately comes to mind as far as the kind of uh, touch and placement outside the numbers that Tom Brady still possesses, even though it's not within five to ten yards of the line of scrimmage. So he's a, he is a rhythm passer as much as he ever was. You simply have to disrupt him. And that's where, frankly, the Broncos are in a little bit of a problematic state because, Uh-oh. well, how many sacks do the Broncos have this year? One, two, 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 two. Two, two sacks, 10 quarterback hits, and 19 total pressures. So in sacks, only two teams have fewer Carolina through two games, Carolina and Las Vegas in pressures. The Broncos are, you know, they're, they're tied for 16th. They're, they're on the bottom. So bottom half of the league, they're tied with, uh, they're tied with uh, seven other or six other teams right now. So they're doing better, but not great. Total, total pressures. The Broncos, they're doing a little bit better. They have 19 total pressures so far this season. That's tied for 13th with the Arizona Cardinals, but still not, not where you're hoping it would be. Even without Vaughn Miller, you were expecting to be able to generate more pressure with Jarrell Casey joining Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones, et cetera. And, of course, with Bradley Chubb back, and we know that Chubb has not been himself, but so far the investments in the in the defensive line, and then having Chubb back, it hasn't resulted in a dramatic uptick in overall pressures. The Broncos may have to blitz a little bit more than they'd like and then take the chance that Tom Brady isn't going to identify the gaps and coverage that result from the blitzes in order to generate that pressure, particularly 
up the gut because it's that it's that a, a and b gap pressure where tom brady really can be disrupted and you know bronco fans definitely remember the 2015 afc championship game von miller and demarcus Ware had big days off the edge but it was the pressure on the interior from Lee Jackson, Derek Wolf, that had at least as much of an effect in discombobulating Tom Brady and the Patriots that day. So you've got to get more from the defensive line. Unfortunately, you're asking for more from the defensive line uh, without Draymond Jones, who's on, who's on the shelf now for the next four to six weeks. Someone like McTelvin Ajim is going to have to step up. Oh, man, lot lot to unpack there, Mason. The first thing <laughs> that just scared me a ton was you said you're going to have to hope Tom Brady doesn't see things. And that's something that you probably shouldn't be counting on. Man, blitzing and just letting Tom Brady pick you apart is scary, but not getting pressure on him is just going to allow him to pick you apart as well. So, I mean, it's a really, really tough situation that the Broncos are battling here, especially when Tom Brady has the best weapons that he's ever had in his career, including really, really tall guys. And you don't have your tall physical corner in A.J. Boye. Bryce Callahan's your one, going to be going up against Mike Evans. Bryce said he's he has a few th- tricks up his sleeve, but still, it's going to be a mismatch there. Um, man, so much to unpack there. Not only are you without Demarcus Walker or, or uh, Draymond Jones, you're without Demarcus Walker. And now is he a huge piece on this Broncos team? No. But is he a guy that could step in for, for Demarcus or for Draymond Jones and get some mm-hmm. pressure on a quarterback? Yeah, he could. But nope, he's on the injured reserve now as well. So you are with your starters. And then you have uh, Ajim. And then that, that's it. So they really need a big game from Jarrell Casey. And I think that's exactly right, Mace, is where the pressure needs to come from is the middle. Now, of course, you want it to come from everywhere, but you have to get pressure from Tom Brady in the middle, make him uncomfortable, force him to try to go outside of the pocket, and that would be a very, very good thing. So maybe the pressure that you're bringing, Mace, on the blitzes is from Alexander Johnson in the middle uh, to, to just, just wreck Tom Brady right there. And that is going to be a tough task because we haven't seen it. Mace, there's two sacks on the season uh, from, from the Broncos. It's from Jerry Itachu and, um, and the big guy, Mike Purcell, in the middle. Mm. That's, that either means really good things for the Broncos if those two guys had sacks through two games or really bad things. And right now, unfortunately, it means really bad things because those are the only two sacks the Broncos have. Yeah, and the the key with Tom Brady is not just the pressure; it's actually hitting him and knocking him off the spot. And uh, as I went further into the the numbers in terms of pressures and hits, et cetera, while the Broncos do have ten quarterback hits, remember they've they've come on eighty six total pass plays that they've faced so far this year. So that that's a rate of one hit every eight point six pass plays, which ranks twenty seventh. And that simply isn't going to get it done. By the way, it is Atakshu and Alexander Johnson who are tied for the team lead in hits along with Bradley Chubb and Draymond Jones to a piece for all of them. So, you know, Bradley Chubb, two hits, it's not going to get it done. Uh, one other name I'll throw in here, even though he has, doesn't have a quarterback hit and hasn't been used all that much in terms of providing self Supplementary, supplementary pressure, pardon me, it's Josie Jewell. And the bottom, and this brings us to another thing. You've got to make the use of the linebackers that you have and find ways to allow them to have an impact. 
And Mark Barron, he's on IR. He's out of the picture. <laughs> Who? Exactly. I mean, it's, yeah. Mark, Mark Barron, if he doesn't get back, he's going to be in that Simeon Rice, uh, yeah. Theo Riddick. Category. Yeah. At least Simeon Rice played the whole thing with what he, the guy who called himself Hot Ninety Seven. Simeon Rice is that uh, he didn't get a sack for his three million dollars of income that he got from the Broncos back in twenty oh seven. But yeah, Mark Barron, if he doesn't get back, is is going into uh, the theoretic purgatory and back to back. Yeah, yeah, not not good. So the thing is, you're counting on Barron to provide coverage help in the wake of Justin Stranod's injury. So Stranod's on the shelf for the year. Mark Barron is currently on injured reserve. And Alexander Johnson can do some good things in coverage, but of course he's that hair-on-fire, sideline-to-sideline pursuit guy. Josie Jewell is the man who's operating in the box, so you're going to have to get creative in how you use Josie Jewell because uh, he's he is not that stellar in coverage so maybe Josie Jewell becomes somebody you send with with pressure more often than usual to try to disrupt Tom Brady and play to his strengths that are in the box and not dropping back into coverage yeah and to me this this game uh and and the pressure on Tom Brady comes down to Jarrell Casey now I wish I could throw Bradley Chubb in that but I just can't because it's clear he is not playing at 100 percent he and Vic Fangio have admitted that that's the case and it's been very clear. So I'm not going to put unfair expectations on him, but Jarrell Casey could still be in his prime and I need to see it. I need to see it. He's been, he's been a a good player at these past two games, but he needs to be dominant. He needs to be that pro bowl type of player that he has been the past five seasons. And he needs to, to wreck this game on the inside the Broncos are only traded a seventh for him but they're paying him big time money over 11 million dollars a year and he needs to come and play if if they don't get interior pressure they're likely not going to get outside pressure at least enough on Tom Brady and it's probably going to be a long day as Tom Brady picks the same Bassey Bryce Callahan uh, and Michael Ojemudia apart Yeah, and uh, the interesting thing, of course, when you're talking about allowing pressure is uh, Tom Brady, according to Pro Football Focus, has faced 18 total pressures so far this season. Now, of those 18, how many of those do you think are on the interior offensive line for the Buccaneers so far? Oh, boy, I'll say uh, half, nine? Five. Okay. Now, four of them are at Alex Kappa, a guard who's off to an, uh, not a great start, much better in run blocking than in, in pass protection. But Ali Marpet has been a beast so far this year. Okay. According to Pro Football Focus, credited with zero pressures allowed through mm-hmm. two games. So not a hurry, not a hit, not a sack. Off the edge, it's a little bit more promising for the Broncos. You have Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs. Of course, Wirfs, the first-round pick out, out of Iowa. Solid start for him, but he still has allowed four pressures. He's committed a penalty. He's allowed two quarterback hits. Donovan Smith at left tackle has been a sore spot for the Buccaneers so far with five pressures allowed, one quarterback hit, one sack, drawing some frustration and, uh, and some critiques down in Tampa Bay so far for his play through two games. So if that's 
the funny thing is you want to attack on the interior because it is the best way to get to Tom Brady. But specifically, you're going to want to try to test Alex Kappa uh, over there at guard, and you're going to want to test the tackles. I don't think you're going to get anywhere going against Ryan Jensen and Ali Marpet. And Jensen, I, I'd be remiss not to mention him, of course, being a local kid and going to CSU Pueblo, but he's off to a terrific start as well this year. So then take advantage of that, Mace, and line Jarrell yeah. Casey up uh, against the weak guard because they're not going to be flipping guards eh, during the game, but right. you can choose where Jarrell Casey lines up. You can choose who, who do you think's better, uh, and the Broncos have to decide, is it Bradley Chubb that's better or is it Jeremiah Tachu slash Malik Reed? If they think that it is Bradley Chubb, we'll get him on that side. If they think it's the other guys, well, then Bradley Chubb can, can be – uh, a good decoy piece that you use, but take advantage of those matchups because why would you try to beat something that that's, why would you not take the easy road? And the Broncos should take the easy road going up against this Tampa Bay offensive line. Well, there's no, there's no easy road uh, against the Bucks, but uh, uh, that being said, when you have Kappa and Wirfs together on that right side and you can, have someone operate over the edge on Donovan Smith, but you really want to work on the right side of that offensive line. If you're going to try to break things down uh, going against Tom Brady and disrupt again, again, disrupt his timing. That's what this is all about. It makes sure he's off the spot and disrupting his timing because when he gets into a rhythm, he's still good old Tom Brady. He's still what he's been. And, Oh, by the way, his, uh, his targets are coming back to full health. They haven't really unleashed the tight ends just yet. Rob Gronkowski has two catches so far this season. O.J. Howard, I believe, has five for 47 and a touchdown. So they're doing this so far without unleashing the tight ends with uh, Mike Evans really not himself in week one, although he was back to his usual form in week two. And Chris Godwin out in the concussion protocol in week two, but cleared and back for this game here on Sunday. So... Yeah, you just disrupt the rhythm. Make sure he doesn't go where you want him to go, and you might be able to make some make some plays on him. But uh, this is gonna this is gonna be tough. Uh, I I the thing that gets me when I watch Tom Brady and the Bucks offense is that there have been flashes, and you can you can see them in the first couple of games, and from the Broncos' perspective, I'm concerned about when those flashes become more consistent. And if they become consistent on Sunday, and if the Broncos can't generate enough pressure, I think they will become consistent, then this, this could get ugly. But yeah. if the Broncos can get that pressure, they can take a little bit of the edge off here. And they, yep. can, and they can stay in the game and, uh, give, and then give Jeff Driscoll and company on offense a chance to find the same kind of rhythm that they did in the second half against Pittsburgh. I completely agree. Completely agree. And Mace, I can't wait to get your pick. I, I can't wait to see what you think happens when the Broncos play your Tampa Bay Bucks this Sunday. But Mace, I want to get your pick of something else right now. And I want to dive into the DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week right now because, man, I have two ones that I, I think are so, so juicy. And I'll lean towards one for my DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week. I'm going 49ers are a four-point favorite in New York against the New York Giants. I picked this last week as my Pick of the Week, and it cashed out the, uh, the 49ers playing in New York against the Jets. They were only seven-point favorites. I liked them to beat the Jets more than that. They took care of them. 
I know they lost some good players last week, including Nick Bosa, probably their best player. But still, the Giants also lost Saquon Barkley, and they're only a four-point favorite against the Giants. Give me the 49ers. Yeah, I thought about that one, but then I, I wonder at what point the Niners have lost too much to be able to, to be in solid shape here. And uh, this is tricky. And the other thing, you, ha- all, you have all the chatter about the state of the field at MetLife Stadium. Yeah. And the Niners, they had a bunch of injuries last Sunday. Now they've got to turn around and go back there. Of course, the Broncos have to go to MetLife Stadium next week. But, uh, yeah, we'll deal with that a little bit later. So I wonder if they might have some trepidations about – about this game if they maybe i'm not saying that they won't go uh, go all out but if they might be stepping a little bit lightly onto that field yeah that, that that's a really good point and there are so many unknowns with what this 49ers team is and their mentality playing this game mm-hmm. yeah i'm going to go with one that may seem a little counterintuitive at first Ooh. but uh atlanta three-point favorite at home against chicago and he, i know that the falcons uh, their their defense is shaky. That they're not. Uh, that, that they couldn't find a way to close things out against Dallas. But I, the the Falcons fundamentally, I think, are a better team than their zero and two record shows. And certainly, if they can properly handle a slow dribbler of an onside kick, we're talking about them being one and one rather than rather than two and zero. I'm not sold on the on the bear on the Bears at all at this point in the season. Obviously, starting off against the Lions and the Giants, they're not exactly starting off with quality. The Falcons are a better team than they've faced so far this season, and the Bears are only a three point underdog. But I think Atlanta uh, do, Atlanta does enough to get some space between them themselves and the Bears and wins this game by 10 or more points. So give me the Falcons minus three. Yeah, I like that line. And one of the reasons I like it the most is I talk to a Bears fan weekly and he doesn't even <laughs> believe in the Bears and he's a big Bears fan. So nobody's me, convinced. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every year there's, a t- there's an 0-2 team that turns it around and there's a 2-0 team that's a complete fraud. I think right. the Bears are the 2-0 team that's a fraud. Yep. Yep. I think so too. (laughs) Oh man. And let's talk to the people Mace, but before we do got to tell you guys about Chevalier mortgage, Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans, but they have supported DNVR for a long time as DNVR members. They are a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial service experience. And since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage, your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan situation for you. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com where you can enter to win some awesome DNVR swag. So make sure to check out Chevalier Mortgage, Mike and Virginia, great, great part of this DNVR community, and they will treat you like family and hook you up. So make sure to check out Chevalier Mortgage at dnvrmortgage.com where you can also win some awesome DNVR swag. Uh, Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. You say swag and uh, it gets me thinking of none other than Chad Kelly. Yeah. Swag. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. What could have been? 
Oh, what could have been? Uh, he's on uh, Chad Kelly, Kyle Sloter, Tom Brandstater, Zach Dysert, <laughs> Bradley Van Pelt. I uh, I appreciate uh, Zach Dysert. He also spelled his name right. So got Zach Dysert, Zach Stevens, and Zach Taylor. I appreciate those guys. Who did you like there, Zach Dysert or Trevor Simeon? Oh, come on. Trev. Trev, of course. We got to get you a Trevor Simeon bobblehead. And you can take a Trevor Simeon bobblehead and you can put it on the shelf. And what you can put on the shelf next to it is an empty can of Broncos country beer, which is being made, of course, by our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Because you're going to want, you're going to want to enjoy that Broncos country beer. And then you're going to want to display that beautiful D logo on the side they've got the old school bronco logo on there and it's terrific it stirs the heart just by looking at a 15 can pack on the shelf of course breckenridge brewery has so many flavors so much that you like avalanche beer colorado core hop peak strawberry sky the nitro porter or as we call it vanilla porter junior go nuggets trying to get get done in game four here tonight breckenridge brewery of course They've got their restaurant, The Farmhouse, down in Littleton at their brewery facility. It's right off of Santa Fe. You can get $5 off your meal by using the magical code DNVR. So go to three, call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. Use that code DNVR for $5 off. And then you can go down and pick it up. You can They'll take care of you. You can even get your beer over at the Breckenridge Brewery. So get a great meal from the farmhouse, get some beer, good to go. You can also get that 15-can sampler at Costco stores and other stores through, and other grocery stores and liquor stores throughout the state of Colorado. If you're outside of the state of Colorado, there's no problem at all. Just check out the Breck Beer Locator. You're going to be able to find some of those delicious Breck brews. I was able to find some Nitro Porter when I was out in Pittsburgh. By using the Breck Beer Finder, I'm sure that uh, when I'm on the road next week, I'll check out the Breck Beer Finder, maybe find some Nitro Porter or some Avalanche or some Strawberry Sky somewhere down around Charleston, South Carolina. So, you know what? Breck Beer, that Breck Beer locator will take care of you wherever you are in the United States. You're probably not too far from somewhere that sells those delicious Breckenridge brews. So, you can have a taste of Colorado wherever you are in the U.S. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Mace, let's talk to the people. First one coming in from DJ Denver. First time commenting, but I listen to the podcast every day and have for about a year. You guys were right. My Philip Lindsay t-shirt is freaking awesome. Love to hear DJ Denver. And if you guys want to get yourself a Philip Lindsay t-shirt or any of our fantastic t-shirts, join our family right now and use that code Broncos2020 when you subscribe and you'll get a free t-shirt of your choice, a mask, and you guys can also get a sticker pack included with your subscription. So make sure to check, uh, check us out at thednvr.com and use that code Broncos2020. He goes on and says, by the way, RK, this is John and a lot of numbers. Unlike Twitter on your platform, I could manage to choose my own screen name. Anywho, love the show. And I've got one thing I got to vent about. I've spent the two two or so months leading up to the offseason with my head almost exploding every time you guys go back and forth about which position we need to upgrade more, right tackle or left tackle. Don't get me wrong. When RK talks about Bulls limiting the run plays, we can send around his end because of his limitations, think, thinking on the fly. I get that that matters, and it isn't going to manifest itself in physical mistakes. We're just going to be able to judge him on it. But Wilkinson is beyond terrible. And when you guys were reporting that after virtually every practice, I kept hoping that at some point you were going to have an entire show entitled 
Oh my goodness, folks. What the heck were we thinking when we talked about Bowles and Wilkinson being equally bad? Seriously, you guys are great, but I had to get this rant off my chest. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work and stay safe. Well, DJ Denver, the only thing I will say to that is, I mean, since we've been able to see these guys on the field this entire year, we have not been saying that they're, that they're equal uh, going all the way back to the very start of training camp. I think it's been very clear that one of them has not been as good as the other. Yeah, I feel like most training camp shows involved us saying that <laughs> they were in worse shape on the right side than the, than the left side. So, yeah, I, I think part of it also with Garrett Bowles is you're waiting to see, okay, can what he did last year carry over to this year? So far, it has. Now, the interesting thing here for Garrett Bowles, and I, that's one thing why – one reason why, why you don't like injury – there's going to be some illumination about Garrett Bowles here while Drew Locke is not out there. Right. So he did well with Drew Locke last year. He's done well with Drew Locke the first couple of weeks. What happens now with Jeff Driscoll or in a couple of weeks, Blake Bortles, both products of Oviedo, Florida. What, what happens with them out there? If Garrett Bowles continues to his solid play, with Driscoll and Bortles out there at some point, you, I, I'm going to be a lot more optimistic about Garrett Bowles. And even though I'm still concerned about the fact that these games are operating with not as much noise, fewer fans, because sometimes I believe that the fan reaction, especially at home negatively, would lead to more mistakes, kind of got in his head a little bit. I think you can really be encouraged if you see Garrett Bowles continue to have his, his, his solid play with someone other than Drew Locke at quarterback. That means it, it's not just the quarterback. It means you're seeing something legitimately changing Garrett Bowles, and it means you're probably seeing the Munchak effect at work. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's a really good point, Mace. And that's, that's something where I don't want to rush to conclusions right now about Garrett Bowles and say, yeah, he's still bad, hasn't learned, or say, he's great, mm -hmm. sign him to a new deal right now because you don't have to there's no rush so get this full 16 game sample size in and see at the end he had one holding penalty last week let's see how he responds this week does he still does he does he rebound well or does he get another one because if he gets another one then we're talking about two holdings in three weeks which is certainly not a good track right yeah because two holdings in three weeks then that puts him on his usual pace and then you're making your plans for some somebody else at left tackle in 2021 because even with the overall improvements you can't live with 10 holding penalties a year yeah just no. you, you just you just can't and so uh, there's a lot that is still in play here let's uh, bear that out but let's see how that bears itself out but you know what i'm cautiously optimistic about garrett bulls going in in here into these next few games maybe the dango ate your baby <laughs> Anybody else blame Melvin Gordon for bringing the Chargers injuries to Denver? Shake my head. Oh, I mean, geez, it seems like the Chargers are still dealing with those injuries out there. I mean, just crazy. We talked about yesterday with Tyrod Taylor, and yeah, the Broncos are just being hit so hard. And it's not just the Broncos. It 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 does seem like the lack of an offseason and kind of rushing through training camp is impacting so many teams around the league. And of course, the Broncos are at the top of that list. Yeah, the interesting thing about the Chargers, I feel like um, even here on this podcast and on radio and elsewhere, that the Chargers are a little bit of a joke right now in the wake of how Tyrod Taylor was 
pushed out of the game because of a shot that uh, went wrong and punctured his lung. Well, I was talking to my wife last night, who is an anesthesiologist, and she was not happy with how the Chargers team doctor is taking a hit here. She actually said, you know what, this is something that is pro- is more common than a lot of people realize and that there's an inherent risk involved with taking a shot and uh, says, look, sometimes, sometimes this sort of thing is going to happen. It's a little difficult to, you know, lo- to locate the proper spot at times to, to put the shot in there. there. There could have been things in place. So she cautions everybody, don't be so rapid to – turn the Chargers team doctor into a punchline. Interesting. Just saying. Just, just saying. I, I just wanted to get that out there. I'm, I'm using my forums today to make sure that, uh, that, that, side, that that side is noted. I think we need to, to hear a little bit on that. So, you know, let's just, you know, ease it back a little bit. I think, the pro- I think part of it is, honestly, Zach, is the fact that it was the Chargers. Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah, I, I think you're 100% yeah. right. And that if this were Seattle or – the Patriots or the Broncos or the Chiefs. I mean, it doesn't have to be like the Broncos. It doesn't have to be a great team, but the Broncos aren't known for stuff like that. They're not known for just a, a pattern of poor decisions, poor actions, et cetera. So I think everyone jumped to a conclusion because it was the Chargers, but just hear the other side. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're a hundred percent right. And before we go any further in these questions. Got to welcome on the third part of this podcast. Ryan, what's going on? What's up, boys? Uh, sorry to be late. You know, I was just uh, out at my post-Super Bowl party uh, for <laughs> my Eagles in, in Madden. Uh, from 2-14 and 14 to Super Bowl champions in two years, there is hope, Broncos fans. <laughs> quarterback, there you go. Tyler Murray. Ah, and you're running back. Saquon Barkley. <laughs> Pretty uh, good duo wider, right there. Wide receiver one, LaVisca Chenault, and the unsung hero of the team, rookie Dylan Moses out of Alabama. Love it. Who won defensive rookie of the year and developed so nicely that by the time he made it to the Super Bowl, he was a 95 acceleration for a linebacker. So what you're saying wow. is that Moses led them to the promised land. A hundred percent. So, Ryan, are you uh, are you feeling rough this morning after your celebration, or did you not sleep? Didn't sleep. You know, boys were up all night drinking champagne. Uh, Flo Rida played at my house, uh, and uh, you know, now we're just getting ready for the parade at the DNVR bar tonight. Wow, I can't I can't wait to see uh, how this podcast unfolds with you riding an all nighter after all that champagne. <laughs> Uh, good good time so honestly just a quick shout out to to timmy from sweden who put the whole thing together all the other uh commissioners brian dallin uh you know caleb all the guys who run that league everyone who's in there who has made a nice little sub community of dnvr uh probably top five best things that have happened uh during the pandemic was joining that league and becoming a part of it and now winning it so uh big shout out to those guys it's honestly uh it's been a blast and excited for the 21 league so now that we're talking about uh the 21 league really quick just gotta tell you about my game last night 
was down 39 to seven at halftime. It was an incredibly bad first half for me. Came back 39, 37 with 40 seconds left, had an opportunity to tie it up on a two point conversion and then complete pass. Wasn't able to get it done. Almost pulled back the 32 point comeback. Wow, were you playing the Falcons? <laughs> That's my former team. <laughs> uh, are you one and one now? I feel like I saw that you got a yep. win. Yep, one and one. Looked really good in the first week. So disappointed how my first half of the second week went. So, yeah, one and one. What are you at? We could, uh, two and oh. Of course. We could do a whole podcast about uh, Madden 21 and its issues. But <laughs> they're working through it. They literally broke the game trying to fix things that were already broken in the game. And now, like, you just hit – you just throw to wide receivers and it just hits them in the face and bounces up in the air. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. So, let's, let's, let's talk about something that is working, and that's our comment section. Next one coming in from Tom Mercury. He says, what is the purpose of having, having Brett Rippon on the roster? I heard you say NFL coaches won't play an undrafted third-string quarterback with no experience. If that's the case, why have them at all? Also, what is more – what? Which is a more unreasonable ask for a team to win every game or to play a good game every time? Mm, I'd say probably it's, it's still to win every game uh, rather than play a good game every time. Just this is the pure mathematics of it. Just you, you literally have one team in the 16 game schedule era, which goes back to 1978 that won every game in the regular season. So you've had, but you've had teams. I mean, I think like of the Vikings in, uh, in, in 98, but you've, you've had others uh, that, that played a good game every, t- that played a good game every time. And sometimes lost, sometimes got, sometimes got beat by an opponent that was playing out of its mind. So it, they're both very unreasonable asks, but I would say winning every game is the more unreasonable ask. Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. Just the history proves that. Yeah. Yeah, I, bet, well, I, I think both ahead. are pretty unreasonable, though, because <laughs> I bet you you could go back and Mace, you would know better than I, but I bet the Dolphins didn't play a great game in every game. They just found ways to win every game. Yeah, they, and that's why I think it was interesting to say good game, not great. Yeah, 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 true. yeah I mean, that, definitely the Dolphins didn't play great every time, but they were usually good. Like, there was one team that popped in my mind. Uh, the team that should have played the Broncos in Super Bowl thirty-three, the greatest game that never happened, and that's the Minnesota Vikings, who ran roughshod through the NFL that year, went 15-1, and one, and – if not for Gary Anderson picking a bad time to, or the worst possible time to finally miss a place kick that year, the Vikings go to Super Bowl 33. The one loss they had was to the Buccaneers in Tampa. And the Vikings did not play a bad game that day. They played a very good game that day. The Bucs played out of their minds and they didn't contain the Vikings until finally getting a couple of stops in the fourth quarter. Minnesota played a good game, but the Bucks just played so far over their heads. And so that's an example of a team that was at least very good week in and week out and even really was very good in, in the game they lost to the, Fa- to the Falcons at least until they, at least until they were tied and uh, late in the game after Atlanta had, had come back following Anderson's miss. And it looked like the Vikings – 
the big their their Achilles heel was that they hadn't operated in a lot of close and late situations, and they didn't know what to do when they got the ball back late in regulation. It was, you know, it was it was kind of like the Broncos against the Ravens in January of 2013, except the Vikings weren't taking a knee; they just didn't look like they knew what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so, anyway, I know, I know. This is, yeah. No, it's a good, it's a good history lesson. No, I look. I, I'm thinking as I'm saying this, I'm like, okay, Bronco. The 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 our listeners who are in their 30s and 40s will know exactly what I'm talking about with with that team and that scenario. Soon. And that Vikings uh, and and that 98 Vikings team. That was, man. That I would. I, I sometimes I think even more. Well, the Patriots made a Super Bowl. I think that's the best team that didn't make the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl era was the Vikings of yeah, 98. I've heard that argument actually a lot. And uh, I, I would, as a neutral fan, I would have loved to have seen Vikings-Broncos in that game. I think the Broncos would have won because they were a complete team. But it would have been a hell of a game. Falcons-Broncos, forgettable. Vikings-Broncos, I think, would have been one of the all-time Super Bowls. Yeah, I don't Broncos think anyone around Falcons. here is forgetting that. <laughs> That's no true. one around here is forgetting it, but I think around the country they look back at that game and it's it's almost like it didn't happen. I believe there's a soup there's an article that talks about the entirety of Super Bowl 33, including the halftime show, the pregame show, everything, as just being kind of forgettable and like what the hell were we thinking? <laughs> like this this cultural aberration is Super oh, Bowl 33. Speaking of old Broncos Super Bowls. Saquon Barkley last night breaking Terrell Davis's record for rushing touchdowns in a Super Bowl. <laughs> what do you have? Five? Five, yes. Dang, impressive. Uh. <laughs> Johnny G chimes in. Greetings, gents. From the gift conversation yesterday, there was an example of a soft G that immediately came to mind before I typed gents. But my my last name is Giles. It's always mispronounced, but it's pronounced Giles. Rhymes with Miles. Hey, I got that pronunciation right. A couple wait, wait, questions. how are they, before you go on, Zach, I'm sorry. How are people mispronouncing Giles? Giles. It's never occurred to me for it to be Giles. Maybe it's because Ryan when I was Giles. a kid, Jimmy Giles, oh, okay. a great Buccaneer tight end back in the 80s. Maybe that's why. It's never occurred to me that it could be anything else. It could be pronounced I, like <laughs> Giles. Yes, that is Giles. Well, or if that that has two L's. G's. G I L L E S. I just remember Brian Giles because he was the one who, of course, uh, made the throw for the Padres that absolutely did not get Matt Holiday out at the plate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He goes on and says, a couple questions I've been wondering about. When are we going to get some sweet new Broncos design shirts in the locker? My Broncos question is, how do the Broncos and Jerry Judy set him up to succeed? I can feel the drops narrative already starting, and when he gets the ball in his hands, he looks fantastic. Thanks for all you do, Johnny G. Yeah, I can feel it too because I happened to be listening to a little radio uh, when I was driving yesterday. And – it needs to stop. The, the drops narrative is starting to sound a lot, a lot like the uh, the narrative of this time last year that Noah Fant was a bust. <laughs> oh boy! The, the way the Broncos can set Jerry Judy up to succeed is not throwing hospital passes uh, over the middle of the field. Well, the problem is that <laughs> they they have a guy who's susceptible to throwing those kinds of passes who's about to start on Sunday. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Oh. 
I don't know uh, which way Blake Bortles misses, but if it's anywhere but high, I'm cool with starting him. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, I'd to, yeah, I'd have to go back and watch that that Blake Bortles Paxton Lynch duel from December of '06. He missed a few. I think there were a couple of ones that he missed high in that game. Yeah, don't don't go back and watch that game, Mace. Yeah, Just please, don't. Mace. Do, do oh, it was bad. <laughs> you know what? Got- that, that game was so bad, by the way. That you know how the Jaguars at their stadium have the one television that shows red zone. Yep, on the opposite side. There were long moments where I was sitting in the press box watching the red zone <laughs> and not the game. Oh, so sad. Broncos guy 63 says, I assume y'all saw TJ Watt, one of the players of the week for his performance against us. Assuming Elijah starts most games this season over or under three and a half players of the week for the rest of the year coming against us. We will see Max Crosby twice, Joey Bosa twice, D Ford, and Chris Jones twice, just to name a few. That is so freaking depressing. <laughs> yeah, Broncos really guy. Is. Well, hold on, hold on. Just just for clarity, I'm pretty sure Joey Bosa and maybe D Ford are the only ones who are going to line up against Elijah Wilkinson. Unless they move guys around to try to exploit that matchup. That's the worrisome thing. Yeah, you got Chris might... Jones on the outside just so he can go up against uh, Elijah. Yikes. It, it might be like a Schofield season out here. Uh, I mean, it, how can you not think of that in the first half of last game when he allowed, I believe, four sacks? It, 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 it's almost as bad as when uh, Donald Stevenson came in for one play and gave up a strip sack. <laughs> it was the most on-brand entry into a game that I've ever seen, though, with, with that. Uh, you, know, you know, Shaq Barrett does not have a sack yet this year. Wow. Mm. Is he going to become Shaq Barrett this week? Is it going to be Sack Barrett, you mean? Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> oh, uh, we'll see. But, yeah, Shaq Barrett and uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, but there, there could be some problems there. But uh, it's, been, it's been quiet for Shaq Barrett. And, of course, you know, he had, he had three sacks in the regular season finale last year, 19.5 over the course of the year. But uh, at this time last year, guys, Shaq Barrett already had four sacks. So Yeah, if he doesn't have a sack this week, he might be Slack Barrett. Wow. So what you're saying, from what I understand, is the Broncos certainly made the right choice in letting him go and not even keeping him as a backup. He didn't. He wasn't going to come back as a backup, guys. Don't go there. I I know you're kidding, but uh, you sound like the same guys that are talking about Jerry Judy's drops being a problem. (laughs) He was was tired of being back, Barrett. Oh, Um, my gosh. Oh. what was I going to say? Wait, 19 and a half last year. Do you realize that's more than Von Miller combined in his last two seasons? Wow. Yeah. Or Von Miller's ever had in a season. It, it oh, would wait, be a, actually. Yeah, it'd be a no. Broncos record. If he All had. right. Well, it wouldn't be his last two seasons. Well, he had eight last year, and then what did he have the year before? Was it 10? I thought it was 10, but I think it was no, more. No, he had 10 in – no, did he have 14? Yeah, I think he had more. Yeah, because he had 10 in 07. I think he had, yeah, I think he had either 14 or, you know, 14 and a half, my bad, 14 and a half. Yeah. So okay. 22 and a my half bad, sacks in the last, in the last two seasons. So, so Still no. wild, almost the same amount. Pretty close. Yeah. 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 I that got is... this next one, boys. Okay. Uh, from Love Thunder Down Under, since we're already on off-season talk, I have a good food proposal for you. The peanut butter quesadilla. Tortilla, Ooh. crunchy peanut butter. 
not smooth, you filthy people. Uh, folded and crisped in a pan, no oil. You're welcome. I talked about something similar to this, except I add honey and cinnamon sugar to the mix. Oh, see, that's that's pretty good. I've done one where you do the tortilla in the pan, lots of butter though, and, and then you do just sugar on the tortilla, and then you fold it in half, and then so it's it's a quesadilla, but no cheese, just sugar and a lot of butter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Lost me at crunchy though. Oh uh, I mean, no, crunchy's crunchy's the best. I'm an equal opportunity peanut butter eater. Uh, <laughs> get stuck between your teeth, man. <laughs> well, next thanks. one, next one coming in from Dan Burke. Is it a coincidence that LA keeps signing these quarterbacks that are memes online? <laughs> First, you have butt fumble Mark Sanchez. Then you have elite Joe Flacco. Then thick Driscoll, and now you have Bortles. Remember, they also wanted. You like that, Kirk Cousins? There's got to be something to this, right? John Elway just scrolls Twitter all day, and these are the only players that he knows. <laughs> well, sometimes they say you want quarterbacks that if that, or you want to play if you're a player that goes into management, you end up searching for guys who remind you a little bit of yourself. And so, does this mean that if John Elway had played in the social media era, he would have been a meme fountain? Uh, <laughs> maybe no <laughs> <laughs> maybe he uh not, not a meme but maybe when he was on twitter he saw the uh videos of drew lock and what people were calling him in college and that really caught his attention or maybe oh, but the, but the other thing we said you know john john elway has created some memes even though he's not a player yes he has you know good for you bud and of course <laughs> yeah. the uh, the gif of him in miami on the scooter that we saw yeah. Why? Why isn't there? Why isn't there one of him thanking himself? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Someone's got to get on that. Yeah, there really should be. I mean, I, I'd like to start by thanking Sean Elway, or Man. there is no Plan B. Man, how does that? Yeah. I'll never get over how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, how uh, many times have you actually said your own name? In, in no. full in a sentence i actually did it earlier in this podcast which is weird uh, <laughs> but it was total i mean he caught himself quickly it's not like he just kind of uh, went off in the direction he caught himself right away but so like, that kind of makes it funnier the, like john the, um, john oh no john fox john fox <laughs> the, i mean just the fact that like you could confuse it with any other person in the world and it wouldn't be as bad of a look as just confusing it with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, and that that's when he was uh that's when he was at the press conference to announce that they've fired John Fox, right? Right. Yes. That's the oh thing. I mean it's supposed it's supposed to be this negative you know, a coach firing is supposed to be kind of a grim press conference and it opens with laughter. Oh man! The media laughing, <laughs> him laughing at himself. I mean, it was so incongruous. I first off, I first like to start off by thanking John Elway for firing John Fox. <laughs> Great move. <laughs> yeah, I mean, which I mean, in hindsight, he yeah. knew exactly. He was thanking himself in advance for winning a Super Bowl the next year. Man, that would have been a good lead to a story. Seriously. <laughs> uh, for Mark, it snatch. Hey, guys, I had to take a moment to step away from everything Broncos for a few days, mainly to get away from the wild panicking of Broncos country, a la Springfield trapped in a glass dome. Shout out, Mace. Thank uh, you. And had to play catch up. Yes, it seems like everything is falling apart, but it's only two games. In these two games, here's what's bothering me. 
It's the incapability to capitalize on the opponent's mistakes. Tennessee gave plenty of opportunities for Denver to take control of the game, and they didn't. If you can't punish a kicker for leaving 10 points on the board, what are we even doing? Uh, letting potential turnovers slip through your hands, going away from what's working just for the sake of trying something new. Teams like Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Kansas City, and New England don't slip up often. And you have to take those mistakes and convert them into points on the board. This is a team that is getting punished on every mistake they make while not reciprocating. Until that changes, this team will not sniff 500 regardless of who starts on the field. What needs to change? Well, I think it's a, it, it's a really good point, and it's a point that players have talked about uh, throughout this week. And what they've kind of come down to is, one, need to execute at the end of a game, which, yes, of course you need to do that. Most games in the NFL are going to be close, so you just need to be better than the other team come the end of the game. And something they, they, they also say is they just need to make one or two more plays throughout the game. Uh, and so it comes back to what you're saying is you need to capitalize uh, on these mistakes that other teams make, and the Broncos just have not been doing that. Yeah, it's uh, to use a quote from Gil Brandt, that's why some teams win and some teams lose. Because with few, except, with few exceptions, these games are decided at the margins. They're decided by little things. They're decided by being opportunistic. And, you, and you're, you're lucky. You got Stephen Guskowski having the worst game of his life. You got the Steelers uh, giving you the ball at, right after a safety and giving you a chance to get back into it. Both, both the Steelers and Titans gave the Broncos lifelines, and they didn't do enough uh, enough to capitalize. It's part of it's it's part of the uh, matur, maturation of this team. But the other thing that maybe you consider is this: that uh, sometimes these teams going against the Broncos because the Broncos aren't a great team. We're not seeing their A game, and maybe this is this is kind of part of it that uh, they don't have their A game. They're giving you opportunities, but they also feel like they can do that. They can still get by without their without their A game. So it's something that leads to some bigger bigger concerns about the perception of the team as well. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, and uh, and guys, I hinted at this yesterday, but now it's official. We are starting our first WGT major this week. In fact, starting today, and there are some huge prizes. First place on WGT major this week, it's $200 cash prize. Second, $100 cash. And third, gets a DNVR shirt, hat, and sticker pack. Now, how do you get in on this? Well, you have to join WGT. So go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT. It is free to download. Then you go into the clubhouse section and you, you search for DNVR3. That's DNVR, the number three next to it to join our third clubhouse. And that will get you access to this weekend's first ever major. And it's free to play. So it's free to download, free to play. It's a very, very, very fun game. And you have a chance of winning $200, $100, or a DNVR shirt, hat, and sticker pack. If you are in one of our three clubhouses, you will have access to play this. We are playing Beth, play, Beth Page Black Course. So make sure to get in now. The tournament runs from tonight, Thursday night, through Sunday. So make sure to get in. Go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT. And then get in on our DNVR3 clubhouse and play with us this weekend. Yeah, and if you do well in this tournament, you're going to be smiling. And if you want to show off those pearly whites, you want to make sure you get yourself to our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood, the best 
damn family-owned Dennis Metro area. And just like all of us, they're big-time Colorado sports fans. Now, if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. As I've told you, this isn't just some kind of throwaway giveaway. The Sonicare toothbrush is a tremendous perk, and it will help you have better brushing habits. You know what they say? You got to brush for two minutes every time you break out the toothbrush. The Sonicare toothbrush, it'll beep, and it'll keep you on schedule. Make sure you give the teeth, the, your teeth the daily care that they need. Green Mountain Dental Group, they'll treat you like family. They'll send you birthday cards. They'll reach out to you. They, you know, they, they show you the love. Show them the love by joining, by joining them and becoming a client of Green Mountain Dental Group. Longtime DMVR partner, only 15 minutes from downtown Denver, and they want you to know that the first step to good health is by taking care of your mouth. So check out Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood. Mace, next one is straight for you. Oh, we got the count here, huh? Yes, we do. Tomorrow you get a full day by yourself and your time away goes unpunished anywhere in the world doing anything you want. What do you do? Eat, drink, etc. Love the count. Question: Do you have to be alone? Like he said, a day by yourself. Yeah, I'm probably like, not going to be. Is myself. your company up to you? Mm. Yeah, company's up to you. Let's say that. All right, this one's easy. Uh, I'm at Folsom Field. <laughs> I'm watching the Buffs beat anyone, preferably a, a decent team. Uh, and the day starts with a tailgate, with like freshly smoked brisket. Right off, the, um, right off the smoker that we bring up to the games. Then it's full of many, many Breck brews. Uh, and, yeah, then, and then we charge the field uh, and party all night afterwards with all of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty darn good. I'm going to be on a beach uh, in the middle – I don't know, of any cool ocean and going to be hanging out on the beach and I'm going to be drinking some margaritas and I'm going to be eating baked beans and ice cream and coleslaw. (laughs) (laughs) If you're eating baked beans, (laughs) well, if you're eating baked beans, Zach, I hope you're by yourself. (laughs) Unfortunately, my body has those, those enzymes. Guys, speaking of ice cream, I go to get the ice cream out of the freezer last night, right? Uh Mm -hmm. I pick it up, and it jiggles. I'm like, oh, no. Open it. Totally liquid. Our freezer, dead. Our fridge, very close on the way out. The worst part about it. So we're like, okay, we, we obviously have to buy a new one, like, right now. So we go and look for the size that we wanted, because we have, like, a smaller area. So I know what you're gonna say. like yeah. January 22nd, oh. somehow my girlfriend did some, some great research and found just one that just happened to be available early next week. So we can survive a few days without one, but oh my God, at first, the first hour of us looking, the prospect of not having a fridge or freezer for like three months was pretty terrifying. Yeah. Oh my there's gosh. a, yeah. A, there's a national shortage on uh, fridges right now. I didn't know that. Oh man. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it gave me a heart attack for a second. And then I also didn't get to eat my ice cream, which also gave me a heart well, attack. They're not producing enough, right? I mean, this is a it's a supply yeah. chain thing, isn't it? It's a COVID thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's – yeah, I, I feel you, Zach. And I'm glad you managed to find one, uh, find one close because I'm 
I'm waiting on a fridge uh, for my garage here. And uh, we ordered it last month, and it will come around October 24th. <laughs> Yikes. Speaking of ice cream, if I have any, uh, any keto brethren still out there, the Halo Top Keto Chocolate Cheesecake is mm. off the chain good. Mm, that sounds so good. Now, I've had Halo Top before. Is it, do you have to get a specific keto brand, keto type, yep. or is it all keto? Yeah. started you know uh they started getting passed by by some other brands that were going straight keto stuff so uh then they came in with their own their own style of keto ice cream man that does sound good and halo top halo top does it well so i bet their keto brand is really good too mm-hmm. oh, yeah. mace do you have uh, an ideal day ideal day well i'm, I'm a simple man um no offense to the to the nearest and dearest but uh it's gonna be a it's gonna be a me day um oh. <laughs> it's uh i'm gonna be uh i'm gonna be going to a base a braves game i'll be staying at the hotel that's right next to the the ballpark down in atlanta and literally and i'll just be eating and drinking my way through the day casually spending about three hours by the pool in the pool having some drinks and then uh Going to the game, having a having a couple more uh, mules in the park, and uh, hopefully watching a win. And, and it's early in the season, so it's not too to hot. Hopefully, about, you get to decide. <laughs> yeah, it's it's eighty degrees. Okay, yeah. Well, they'll they'll win twelve nothing. How about that? All right. Yeah. I actually had a day that was very close to that, and. They were up twelve nothing, and then they blew eight runs of the twelve run lead. This was against Milwaukee a, a year ago, but uh, I came very close to that. So I've actually experienced something that is right along the lines of my perfect day, and I wouldn't mind having it again. Wow, yeah. Ryan, you can tell the who uh, who the ones with kids are. Uh, our friend the Count has a kid; he's spending the day alone. Mace yes. has a kid; he's spending the day alone. <laughs> you just need you just need a little bit of a break, you know. The, the thing about uh, having other people around the house and the kid and and all that is you feel like you have to be on socially and you know i've got we do this podcast i do the radio show we're you know we do interviews over over zoom i just like the idea of having a day where the only thing i have to talk about is what drink i'm ordering yeah (laughs) adam flame yeah yeah like i I, yeah i feel like you can't just tell you're like small child with right that's so sweet just like bruh leave me alone what are you doing <laughs> you can't yeah you're right that is 100 percent. so so that's why yeah if you have kids you end up saying yeah i need a i need a me day <laughs> ldj checking in says read your article mace on how the broncos offense can be effective and i 100 percent agree Arthur Motes, a former Pittsburgh linebacker, has a podcast, and in it, he reviewed the game and said Fant had a lot of opportunities, but they weren't feeding him. He could have gashed us for a lot more, and we would have been looking at this game differently, that Noah Fant was a first-round pick for a reason, and he is as advertised. That, along with Bruce Arians' praise for him, hoping for a Pro Bowl season from Fant. I mean, imagine if Noah Fant got the targets that Darren Waller got Made my stomach turn hearing Waller is the fastest tight end in the league. Over and over again. Shake my head. But love that article. Anyways, two quick questions. What kind of season do you see for KJ Hamler now? Because KJ wasn't a speed guy last Sunday. KJ put on a route running clinic in year one. 
he is going to be an 800-yard guy now that Cortland is out for the year. And lastly, um, Herbert looked pretty darn good. And prayers up for Tyrod, who might be out a while. Do, in, while do you think Herbert is going to become an added issue for the AFC West? First of all, thank you for the kind words, LDJ, on the, on the piece. And uh, one thing about Waller, he's he is a little bit faster than Noah Fan. He's a four four six guy. Noah Fan's a four five guy, but yep. Noah Fan's bigger, so yep. you'll take the combo of Noah being twelve pounds bigger, twelve pounds more muscle, having more reach uh, compared to Darren Waller. But yeah, they're, they 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 do have to use him a little bit more. Um, quickly on Justin Herbert. I got to see some more games from him. The Chiefs did zero preparation. They had zero film, not even preseason. Anybody can, almost anybody, can look good going out there with no film. I mean, we see it in baseball that you call up a starter from AAA and he ends up going seven innings, allows, you know, three hits, one earned run, gets a standing O, but then – Batters figure him out. We see the same thing with quarterbacks. Well, Paxton Lynch, remember, looked good coming in off the bench against Tampa Bay four years ago, in part because the Bucs hadn't prepared for him. But then the Falcons did, and you saw what happened. So let's just let's uh, let's let's pull the Justin Herbert hype train uh, back into the station just a bit until he does it against teams that have prepped for him. I will say this though: I'm sure Chargers fans and Chargers podcast, Chargers media. Are doing backflips, and I totally understand why they would be. Yeah. Um, but they, but they, yeah, from this perspective, you can like. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of reasons why you could say uh, the the Chiefs had no chance to get right. Ready. Yeah, they'll be doing backflips after this week as well. Six and a half point favorite hosting the Panthers at home, playing one of the worst teams in the league. So Justin Herbert will have a great chance to to look good in his second straight game. That That's could be a, yeah. That could be an ugly Ooh. game though. No no C-Mac. For the oh, Panthers. Yeah. I take it back. <laughs> yeah, they, they can't they can't go run CMC on them. Sorry. Man, I thought I thought we were gonna get a juicy prediction from Ryan tomorrow when we go through our AFC West picks. <laughs> hey, maybe we still uh, you never will. know. We'll, never we'll know. see. We'll see. And final All right, one. Next one here. Oh, I think we got a couple more. Oh, I need yeah, to reload. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got Grump, two grumpy pancake. A drizzle or a bortle? The conundrum makes me chortle. A team in need of lock and deed is truly not immortal. Much love, Colin. Inspired by the great Colin for Mullins. Hey, great job. Love, love it. it. Love, love it. it. Love great it. Job. Great job. <laughs> Grumpy Pancake, you may need to take the reins on those uh, until we hear back from our friend Colin for Mullen. Yeah. We've, got, we've now got Colin for Mullins. <laughs> hey, we're going to see Nick Mullins this week. Yes, we will. He's playing sure for Jimmy G. Yes, we. And speaking of uh, quarterbacks with really bad um, Wikipedia photos, when I checked earlier this week, Jeff Driscoll's Wikipedia photo was with the Detroit Lions. That uh, that should probably change Broncos country. See if you can uh, do your magic and get him in a Broncos jersey. Yeah, he's ready to become the eighth starting quarterback for the Broncos since Peyton Manning. Yikes. Yikes. And will we, will we see a ninth? Will Blake Bortles be that ninth? Oh, yeah. If Elijah Wilkinson doesn't get better, or they don't get DeMar Dotson out there to provide better pass pro. Yeah. We might see Blake Bortles. Wow. Rough. 
Yes, it is. And last one, I think now here coming in from the other Ryan, my boys somewhat lost in the hubbub of the continued injury fallout. This week was Melvin Gordon's wheel route touchdown grab against the Steelers. It was a thing of beauty. Jeff Driscoll made a great touch throw and Gordon made a stellar catch. I love that play and hope we see it more this season. The Broncos practiced a lot of running back wheel routes in the 2018 and 2019 training camps and preseasons, but failed to really display and execute such a pass in those regular seasons. It was nice to finally see one come to fruition in a game and for a touchdown, no less. As discussed on yesterday's podcast episode, with teams certain to focus more on stopping Denver's run game with Drew Locke and Corton Sutton both out, involving Gordon, Royce Freeman, and maybe even Levante Bellamy more in the passing game in week three and the weeks to come will become substantially important. That said, how many total yards does Gordon need to accumulate for the Broncos to pull off an upset of Mesa's Bucks this Sunday? Thanks, fellas. Go Nuggets, DNV Army. Salute. I, I just I, I can't put it on the running game. It's going to be too hard for them. Um, so I'll say he's got to go for like 50 yards. Well, wow. I think maybe if you go if you go yards from scrimmage, though, I'd like I like the idea of getting him involved in the passing game. I, I'm gonna say I want to see a hundred yards from scrimmage from Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I so think it's two, two or three big catches. Yeah, yeah, I think it's got to be triple digits as well because you look around. Judy's going to get targets. Fant is as well. You hope they get KJ involved, but I think Melvin Gordon's gonna be that second or third target in the passing game. And then obviously he's really your bell cow running back. KJ will definitely be involved because Vic Fangio's man crush on KJ. Hamlin. <laughs> <laughs> like at any turn, he's just willing to give KJ uh, just praise. That's not even um, asked for. Mm-hmm. He's like, you, you asked me about Jerry Judy, but I do want to talk about KJ Hamler first. And man, this guy's nice. It's more like, Coach, how do you feel about Jeremiah Tachu on the edge? He's like, well, <laughs> you got to think about KJ in the sense. <laughs> man, I mean, how good could KJ be if, uh, if Vic, you know, thinks Von Miller's, you know, a good player and he just thinks <laughs> KJ is great? <laughs> True. KJ, man, he really put it on display what, what we said on mm-hmm. the live draft show right when he was drafted. You know, he said the speed is great. The straight line, the 40 time, all that stuff is great. This kid is quick, and he's sharp route runner, and that is the difference between him and Isaiah McKenzie, and you saw that in spades the other day. Yes, oh, wow. you, you certainly did. And it feels like KJ didn't get that many opportunities uh, <laughs> against uh, the Steelers, and he's like the Broncos' third leading receiver already this season just imagine when he he gets accustomed and attuned and they start using him man it's it's really exciting I'm very encouraged from what I saw from him in his first game do you guys remember how they would call Dante Hall for the Chiefs the x factor yeah oh yeah that's KJ Hamler yep. yeah do you think KJ can cover Jerry Jude so KJ is essentially now the number two can he cover Jerry Judy's number at DraftKings Sportsbook before the season, which was uh, 750.5 yards? Mm. Without Drew Locke, it's going to be tough. Now, if Drew's only that two-week time frame, which you talked about in the first segment, maybe. But if Drew's more than that, I think it's going to be tough. Well, and even then, I mean, let's say Drew Locke does miss – three games or even four games you're still talking about only about one quarter of the season maybe a bit more than that if 
because he missed three quarters of the last game. So I think the opportunity is going to be there. I would also say this. You feel very good about the over on Jerry Judy now just because Cortland Sutton's not out there. So Yes, you do. Yeah. yeah. You need, and you probably need it because all the Drew Locke over-unders are in serious jeopardy, and, and the Broncos' win total is also in serious jeopardy. Yes, they got to keep is. feeding Nora Fant, too, though. Yeah, it, yep. his, his over will definitely oh. hit, should hit at least, if they're going to use him in more than half the halves. It's actually fair to start, expect I think, to have the expectation on Noah Fant that he finishes with double-digit touchdowns. Yes, yeah, I, I think so, too. He's, uh, he's already got two, one in each yep. game. So let's see if he adds a third this week. Man, I can't wait to break down this game with you guys even more tomorrow. Give our official picks. And before we get out of here, got to tell you guys about Green Mountain Dental Group. Of course, they're in Lakewood, just a short 15-minute drive from downtown Denver. They've been a longtime DNVR partner. They are part of our family. So make sure to check them out because they will show you the love that they've showed us throughout the years as well. And when you schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll receive that free Sonicare toothbrush Mace was telling you about. It's the best deal out there. Go get your teeth clean, talk some sports with the DNVR family member, and you get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. So go check them out. Green Mountain Dental, schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam to get the free Sonicare toothbrush. Well, boys, that'll do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for rolling with us today. It is just a blast. We got a big game coming up this week. Can't fall to 0-3, and you get to beat Tom Brady and the and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can't wait to get your guys' predictions on the game, break down how the Broncos can pull off this upset tomorrow. But for today, That'll do it. So for Andrew Mason, Ryan Konigsberg, I'm Zach Stevens. Thank you guys so much for rolling with us. Have a great day and enjoy Thursday Night Football. It's getting-